Hey guys, welcome to episode eight of the Transform Your Life podcast. Ashley, how are you doing, Ben? I'm doing great, Ange. How are you doing? Good. Now, we did have a different plan for today, didn't we? We did, but here we are in lockdown. So we decided to come at you with what's coming at us right now. Totally. Lockdown times three. I know my U.S. listeners are like, what the hell is going on up in there? (laughs) Oh. Ontario. We can't get our stuff together. We're just, I don't know how you guys are all feeling, but today we thought we we don't really want to get super political. We don't really want to dive into like where you stand on masks, where you stand politically, where you stand on the division of things, but very much what are you doing to cope? What are you doing? How can we discuss strategies, discuss coping mechanisms that we are using, um, and hopefully getting some feedback from you guys to um, hear what you are doing as well, because we are all struggling along together in, like you said, number three. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) If somebody would have told me a year ago that like repeat, okay, yep. Lockdown. Here we go. Like my husband's birthday is in May. So last year we did like the drive by birthday and all of that. And if you would have told me a year ago that we would have been exactly right here, I wouldn't have believed it. But here we are. And apparently numbers are the worst that they've been, even worse than when they first started. So like increased measures and blah, 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 blah. But online schooling. Online. Okay. Online schooling. We're both in that. We're both starting that. We're, yeah. Okay, we dive right in on this one. Okay, so online schooling, I will be 100% honest, we are trying it. We are trying it, and if this two weeks turns out to be a complete bust, we're in summer holidays mode. Mm -hmm. I am completely fucking done. Mm -hmm. I am done with this. I am done flattening this fucking curve. I'm done with all of it. I feel like, and I have a teaching degree. I can teach my kids, but this is not, I didn't sign up to teach and mom my kids at the same time. And God bless every single one of you who is and does. And you know, those moms who homeschool and that's their passion. I love that. I think it's incredible, but it's not meant for our family. And I know that. And so I'm giving it two solid weeks. We will dive in, we will dig in. But if it doesn't work for our family, when my kid can be outside playing with his siblings and wants to be, we're not sitting in front of a screen trying to do some science experiment that he's not checked in on. I'm, oh, we're, we're done. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. How are you? What are you feeling with this online schooling? Where do you sit? How is it going to change the dynamics in your family? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because the past two uh, online schooling attempts, the first one was... Attempts. Uh, I love you said attempts. <laughs> attempts, attempts because I don't know. I feel like the first one was like, here's all your schoolwork. Figure it out, mom. You, you do it whenever you want to do it. Cool. Yeah. The second attempt was like, oh, yeah, we're going to rock this train. You're going to have your teacher in front of the screen. Kindergartens are trying to turn on and off their mics. But there was just so much in that second attempt where I was like, a classroom of 25 kindergartens trying to turn their mics on and off to tell them, oh, do you like the color blue or do you like the color purple? Turn on your microphone. Like, I can't do it. I cannot do it through 25 children and then helping my child do it. I'm like, okay, 
So this time I said to my husband, I was like, my sanity cannot do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to run a business. I have employees. I have clients. I have too much on the go that like, yes, my child needs to be entertained during these times when he's at home. But I need you. Honestly, I need you to take at least two days. So mm-hmm. he's going to take two of those days of like, he probably is going to want to blow his brains up too because it's so... <laughs> stressful but at least there'll be time where it's like not so much pressure just individually on one person and what I really recognize is the moms Mm -hmm. in most cases have taken the big brunt of this bullshit where it's been like oh dads will work they'll do whatever they need to do and a lot of times the moms have been taking the brunt of this online schooling stuff Mm -hmm. becoming the teachers and like I don't know I I can see, like, your standpoint where it's like, oh, it's okay. You can just go play with their kids. But depending on the age divide, Mm -hmm. depending on the personality, depending on the child, my younger one can go to daycare a few days a week. So I feel like we're just going to have, like, a five-year-old who wants to play with people who's not having that ability to do it. So we're going to try. And we've at least come up with, I think, a slightly better plan where both parents are going to take a little bit of that in and out. I think our, I don't know, I think this third time around, I think my son recognizes it and is going to take a little bit more responsibility, Mm -hmm. fingers crossed, about that. I think he understands like, okay, mommy and daddy have to work. I need to be a little bit more understanding with it. But I think they're just they miss their friends. Like, I think that's the biggest piece of like, they miss their friends and no part. So Angela and my, both our kids who are in school right now are in SK, right? So senior kindergarten, no SK program ever in the history of ever has been built around online programming because there's a whole reason that play-based learning is they're integrating into the upper grades, into grade one, grade two, grade three, because they know that's how kids learn Mm -hmm. is Mm play-based. So it's not internet-based. It is not online-based. It's not screen-based. It's play-based. And so we've taken the biggest component of learning out of their learning Mm -hmm. and saying, learn, (laughs) right? And so, and you've also got teachers who that's how they have been taught to teach, And they know that that's how kids learn. And now they're supposed to teach. They're supposed to program without the biggest component connected to children's learning. So it's like saying, here's supper and I'm not even going to give you anything to eat except maybe a banana and make it delicious, make it nutritious, make it everything that is supposed to be wonderful for supper. And you're like, dude, bananas, we don't eat those for supper. And we definitely don't eat just bananas for supper. And like, make it wonderful, make it great, do it great. And it's like, okay, but that's not, this is not what learning is built on for these children. Mm -hmm. And so to say, learn it, make them, make these gains, teachers and students and parents are going, this is not how kids innately learn Mm -hmm. but then you're also in such a predicament like the thing that I agree with you 100% Ashley but I'm also like how do you if your kids are at home they do or don't have siblings to play with regardless you have parents Mm -hmm. who their employers are saying be productive or Mm -hmm. even if you're own you are your own boss you are like challenge to be productive during this time and like I think the biggest thing that I see is like you are putting kids and parents face to face in this 
setting day in and day out of like, choose one or choose the other. And then the child, especially for your young children, I think it comes up all of the time of like, it is very hard for that child not to take that personally. Oh, why can't you not work, mommy? You're why right can't, here. You're right here. Like, they don't understand that when you're sitting in front of a computer screen or when you're just doing your work from home, it's really hard for, like, a five-year-old to understand that isn't, like, going to Walmart and working at a cashier. They can see that. That looks like that looks like work to them. Mm-hmm. You're on a construction site. You're working with your hands. For you to sit in front of a computer and or your just phone. be like... Or your phone, right? Like, totally. Because many people are working from their phones if they have to. You, Absolutely. I know there's certain things that you must do, and it happens on your phone. Yes. Right? So it looks like you're just kind of... Messing around. Yeah. And for a five-year-old, it's just like, it looks like, oh, they're choosing that over me. And so I feel like I'm constantly put in this predicament of, like, explaining that. I know that this looks like I'm not doing work, buddy, but, like this is what mommy does for work. And I know that that's really hard for you to understand from the way that you're looking in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's coming to grapple with it, but it's hard for him not when he's looking in an iPad and seeing like YouTube and games Mm -hmm. that looks the same as being on your phone or being on the computer to him. Yeah. Right. Of like, Oh, these are the same. Oh, she's just playing games all day. Right. And I think one of the things that kind of shows up when you mention that is the guilt. Mm-hmm. there's so much something that I'm finding clients with family with friends is the guilt it doesn't matter what you do you feel guilty doing mm-hmm. doing it it doesn't matter if you're spending time with your partner you feel guilty because you should be working if you're working you, you feel like you should be doing online schooling or spending time outside or whatever like there's so many components that it doesn't matter what we do we feel like we're losing Mm-hmm. It's like, how do we get our heads just above water even at this point? Because I think many of us feel like we're drowning. We're slipping below the surface. And there's so much all-consuming guilt, regardless of which path you best choose. Um, and everybody's situation is slightly different. But the guilt seems to be kind of overarching for so many people. Mm-hmm. And I know you're also alluding to the fact of like what you're really noticing is people bringing in the energy of the collective mm-hmm. into your practice. What does that look like, Ashley? So we all have kind of our own energy that we carry about us. So you have an energy, I have an energy, but there's a collective energy, which is the world energy, essentially. And so we all give off an energy, right? And so that energy goes out and into the world. And that's kind of in a sense, without getting too technical, say it's swirling around. So we can tap into that collective energy and we can pull out of it, but it takes more effort to pull out of it. It's the same as if you come into my house and you're really grouchy. For me to kind of stay in my own energy of like, I'm happy, I'm in bliss, things are good. I have to work harder at that or I can fly right into your energy and be like, I know, rah, 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 and be in that grumpy tone with you. That's easy to do. It's hard to stay in my own energy. And so I'm seeing that with a lot of people with the collective energy to stay in our own energy, to choose bliss, to be in that like, okay, I'm in joy right now, even though the world is in turmoil, right? But we so easily fly into the collective energy, which is right now, panic, fear, division, guilt, and all of those things. So even if 
Um, and I see it a lot with people who don't really know why they're anxious. Like, I don't know why I feel anxious. I just feel anxious. And it's because a lot of the times it's not their own anxiety. It's the collective anxiety that they've tapped into and are carrying. And so I see that a lot with that guilt piece. I see it with anxiety, that stress piece of this isn't even theirs to carry, but they've tuned into that collective as a whole, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for the person listening, that's like, oh, yeah, that's me. I feel that that is into my like bones when they or into their soul as they're waking up, as they're trying to go about their day, they're feeling those emotions. How do we cope? How do we move forward? And maybe we can even talk about our action plans, like about what this next period is going to look like for us. I feel like, okay, third time around, we better take the lessons from those previous times and then carry them up forward with maybe a different game plan. But for the person listening, what do you suggest? I would say the very first thing is awareness. So if you don't know that you're flying into somebody's energy, right? So there's kind of that unconscious, we unconsciously fly into other people's energy. It can happen at the grocery store. It can happen with, very often it happens with our partners. We do a better job. It's funny. We do the best job with our children of not flying into their emotions and their energy. And part of it is because they change so rapidly and there's such an age gap that we can go, oh, I see that this is a big deal to you, but I'm not getting into the emotion of you being really upset that your friend, I don't know, threw a toy at the window or whatever, right? Like we don't fly into their energy the way we do with our friends and our colleagues and our spouses. And so the biggest thing is very much being aware. So when my husband comes up the stairs or he walks in the door and I know he's had a bad fucking day, it's going... Okay, I see your energy. I see that you did not have a good day. I see that you're down. I see that you're not in a good space. And being very aware of that and being very aware of my own energy versus completely diluting it and flying into his. If I stay in my own, first I have to be aware. I have to be aware that, hey, he's here. I see it. And I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be. I'm keeping my energy to myself. Right? And that's not a bad thing. We want to keep our energy to ourselves. That's how we help other people. And so that first key piece is awareness, right? So when people go, oh, that's me. First thing is awareness. When we start to go, I feel so much guilt and I don't know why I'm doing the best I can. My kid is online learning. You know, we're both working from home and, you know, we're struggling along. The kids are, you know, eating. That's good, right? But I still feel so guilty going, oh, I see that collective energy. I see that everybody in the world's feeling guilty right now. I feel like anxiety is kind of overarching for so many people. And I'm tuning into that. I'm flying into that energy, right? And so the biggest piece is just being aware of it. Before we can actually make any change, any shift, anything is to know that it's happening. And we have to be aware enough to see it so that we can shift it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think so often what's coming up for me and what you're saying, Ashley, is I work so much in the space of fitness and nutrition. So for me, a lot of the time when people go like, oh, I had a bad weekend or they, mm. they really allude to like things being on or off. And what I'm hearing you say, Ashley, is really this like dialing piece, this yes. like 
can I turn the dial on? Can I turn the dial off? And I think as we're shifting into online learning and as we're shifting into this like collective energy that may be like um, seeping into us, I feel as though it's taking recognition of it, but also looking at the dial and recognizing that the dial needs to dial down a little bit. For example, for the people listening that are maybe really into exercising or really into like eating a certain way or really on their like transformation path, I think there's a piece when all of this comes awry where it's like, (gasps) they feel so like paralyzed. They're like, oh, we're in a lockdown again. I can't go to parks anymore. I can't go golfing anymore. I can't go like do X, Y, and Z anymore. And so it's very much for that person listening is like, oh, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. They just throw their hands up and they're just like, oh, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Versus this, like, whew, I recognize that all of this around me is like, oh, I'm shutting down. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Everybody's kind of feeling that collectively. But can you look at all of that and be like, okay, no, I can still do something. And for me, I just want to be that like voice of hope of like, you can't maybe do all of it. Mm -hmm. Your gyms are closed. You can't Mm -hmm. go to the park. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't get your steps at the shopping mall the way that you used to, Uh right? Whereas like, if we're going to dial it down and look at the ways in which we can still bring hope, we can still bring coping, we can still Mm -hmm. bring a piece of, yeah, all of this is going on and this is not ideal. This is not the circumstance that I want for the spring of 2021, but how can I dial it down and be like, okay, this is a one out of 10, not optimal, but what is my one out of 10? My one out of 10 right now is like, okay, One time a week, I'm going to move my body in this way. If I do more than that, that's great. But one day a week is what I'm going to commit to. And I think so often it's like choosing that versus just being like, oh, I'm done. Lockdown 3.0. I'm screwed. Like nothing is going to be okay until we all get back to our vaccine life and like all of the things that you're hoping to happen in the future. I think if we're thinking about the way in which we're dialing it down right now, I know you're talking about like separating from energies, but I think the other piece is like us all being like, okay, I don't need to totally turn it off, but like online schooling, maybe we don't show up every single day. Maybe we don't commit to the entire day of participation. Maybe after an hour, my child is just like, it's so sunny out. I just want to have a water gun fight. And you just embrace that. So I think... So often this is going to just be moving forward this day by day. This is good enough. I'm okay with this. And it's really going to help us tap into being present. For sure. And I think for all the mamas who are out there listening, who are trying to juggle, and even if they go, yep, okay, I'm good with 50%. I'm good with, you know, we're going to struggle bust this. We're going to do the best we can. We're going to, I don't need it to be 100% all the time. I think even with all of that, one of the main things is choose your tools. Because I think we're so, we normally, we often put everybody in front of ourselves. We do the do for everybody. And we are getting better at saying, me too. I'm going to matter. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, whatever it is, right? To choose yourself. But in times of crisis, that's not our go-to. 
And so when we're in crisis, we don't think, hey, I need to go for that run. Hey, I'm going to take that bath. Hey, I'm going to drink three bottles of wine instead of two. What, right? Like whatever your go-to um, self-care is. Wine was a joke, but also like very real right now. Um, and so I think one of the major things is maybe you can't do, and you touched on this, maybe you can't do all of the self-care things you were doing. But choose your tools. Choose the tools to you that matter the most and will make the most impact, right? And so whatever that is, maybe it is exercise. And you do say, you know what? I am doing four days a week because that keeps me sane, right? For you, it was saying, I can't do all the online schooling, right? So choosing, choosing the things that are going to keep you and your family, but also you feeling like I can handle this. And that shows up as grounding, very much getting yourself grounded. So if it's meditation, do a 10 minute or a five minute or a two minute meditation before you get out of bed, before you go to sleep, whatever it is. Um, it can show up as exercise. It can show up as eating healthy. It can show up as going to bed at the right friggin' time. Like it can be so many things, but starting to, even if you just choose two or three things that those are just in your head, you know, those are your tools. Oh, I feel stressed out. What are my tools? And you go, Oh, okay. Tonight I'm meditating tonight. I know I need to meditate. Right. Or, Oh my goodness. I can't do this anymore. I just need you to take the kids and I'm going for a walk. Right. Music. My life is crazy right now. Put on the music right? We've talked about this music, incense, whatever those things, even if you, if you can't get away, what are the things that you can bring in to that daytime craze where you're like, I'm losing my grip, right? Music, incense, candles, dancing, whatever it is that kind of shifts that. And it's not just like being in that moment of crisis being like, oh my goodness, there's this thing and I feel really stressed. If you know what your tools are, if you even if you can write them down, but if you know what they are, when you're in that crisis moment, you can go to that mm -hmm. versus just being in crisis, being like, oh, I should meditate, but I can't. If you know that that's one of your tools, then you go to it. Totally. And I would say even like not being afraid to invite the people in your world into the things that you would normally do in privacy. For example, if you love like a bath with no interruptions, you got your candles, all of that. And you're like, okay, we're in lockdown. <laughs> Everybody's here, but I need my bath right now. You might have 300 interruptions with your babies trying to crawl into mm -hmm. the tub and all of that's happening, but you know that you need that just invite that in versus being like the only time that I can have the bath is when it's completely silent and everybody's sleeping and blah, 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 blah. I feel like there's so much like, or else I'm not doing it. Yeah. Right. Which and, is that on or off yeah, right? versus the dial. Yeah. And versus the like, okay, is this optimal? Okay. No, maybe not. You know, not my favorite thing to do, but I can also tap into that for me. It's like with my workouts, I recognize I was having workouts with the kids were around, but not all the time. Most of the time my kids were not around. Now I recognize with lockdown, they're going to be around most of the time. And I'm going to have to manage that. Not optimal because there's going to be a lot of interruptions, but I don't want to wait until 
I don't want to wait until a baby naps to do it. If I normally do my exercise at 8.45 in the morning or whatever time, I feel like it's going to be like, okay, I'm just doing it. It's going to be messy. Kids. Yeah, it's going to be messy. There's going to be interruptions. There's going to be poopy butts and all that stuff. And it's going to look different. But it's still like, okay, we're going to manage. We're going to get through this. And I think so often the adaptability to that is like, is this my favorite thing? No. But it's kind of like for me, it's like when somebody's like, oh, which kind of vegetables should I buy? Should I buy canned vegetables, fresh vegetables, frozen vegetables, like organic vegetables? Which one should I buy? It's like, okay, all of them are still going to provide benefits for your body. But there's going to be certain times when you buy the canned vegetables. There's going to be other times when you buy the organic vegetables. But just kind of looking at it on the spectrum, all of them are still great. And so I think so often in the next few weeks, few months, whatever that's going to look like, I think it's just being like, okay, is this totally 100% the thing that I would want to choose all the time? No, probably not. But we're just going to have to like roll with the punches and be like on the other side of it. Like, oh, okay, we got through that. And I think, I don't know. I think so many people right now, I think are probably feeling like, I just wish that we just knew the end date, right? Like, I think sure. if everybody, I think that's the biggest thing on everybody's mind. Like, we just knew and I feel that like this is the end. And it's been pushed. It started March break last year. And it's been, it started with a two-week flatten the curve. And every single holiday and every single long weekend and every single wedding, funeral, birthday celebration, whatever was in between that, every single one, and even now, it's happening even now, has been completely changed, would be the non-political word that I would choose to use for that. But it's been, and it keeps getting pushed. And that's the part that I think is so difficult because everybody's living in this temporary state, temporary state, temporary state. And we're waiting for when that temporary state ends and we have no friggin' clue. We thought it was two weeks and here we are over a year later. And it's still that if you do this, if you do that, if you do this. And, and I said there, yeah, I agree with you so hard, wholeheartedly, babe. But I also feel like there's a piece of it that's like, I don't know how other places in the world are managing this, but what I do know is like, I don't like getting an announcement that's like, okay, at at midnight tonight, these are now the changes. And then it's going to be at least two weeks. And then with the online schooling, it's like, oh, like until further notice or whatever the bullshit was that they put on that. It's like, okay, well, it's kind of like last year. It was like, oh, they just kept pushing it back and pushing it back. I would rather them just be like at this stage, like, School's done for the entire year, online schooling for the rest of the year versus this crap of like two weeks. For sure. Oh, and then we'll decide, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. I mean, you guys are going to be listening to this podcast, obviously, as the listeners and thinking like, oh, where do I stand on this issue? Feel free to comment um, like down below about how you feel. But like, I don't know. I would rather them just come out, out the gate and be like, Best case scenario is we are done in two weeks. Worst case scenario is we go to the end of the school year and we will let you know on this 
date. Yeah. It's the carrying along that I yes. feel is the so carrot. difficult because it's like, I and my like teenage, you can talk to my mom about this, but like the whole, if you're good, you get this one thing. If you're all good, then you get this thing. And it's creating a division, right? Within everybody where it's like, if you're not good, if you don't do these things, well, here's the consequence. Here's the consequence, right? And I think that's where you and I are both struggling. We talked a little bit about this, where it's not so much what's being said. It's how it's being portrayed. The requirement, the legality that you must. Ultimatum. The ultimatums of it. How did, how did you handle that as a teenager? And your mom says, you are not going out at all this weekend. Uh, you know what comes up? You know what comes up more than that was my first boyfriend. Oh, like, okay. the ultimatum was like, if you love me, oh. you will X, Y, and Z, and that's what I feel like with all of this. If you blah 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 blah, if you're good, you will this. If you're a good Canadian, yeah, if here's what you'll do. Yeah, and I mean, get the vaccine, follow these guidelines, like. Do X, Y, and Z. And I don't know. I'm a rebel through and through and through. But as soon as those like ultimatums came forward, I was like, I can follow you for like a teeny tiny bit. But there's a big piece of me that if that doesn't feel super in alignment with me, I'm like, why are we doing this? But also, why do we need this level of control from our government? Like that is the biggest piece where I'm like, our rights, our freedoms, our literally like, the thing I don't understand, I don't know how deep you've got into this, but like the nurse nurses are like protesting of like, how can you say I can no longer be a nurse unless I get the vaccine? Right. And I know we don't want to get like super, super political on here, but I'm like, I think that's the thing it comes back to for me is like, I feel like so much of this is rights and freedoms being ripped away from Canadians and it being like, oh, you just got to do it. You can't do this. For you sure. just got to do this. And, and is it, but then I'm also like, I, I'm not so up on what's happening in Manitoba, what's happening For in sure. Alberta, what's happening in the East Coast. What's ha- yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So I, I really don't know if this is just like an Ontario perspective, but I feel like here in the hotbed of Ontario, I feel like it's like we're ultimatum city. For sure. And if it was just strong recommendations or suggestions, it'd be totally different. We strongly recommend you stay home. We strongly recommend when you're out in public, you wear a mask. We Here's what the evidence is showing, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as you tell me it's illegal to go see my mom, I'm like, no, 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 no. No, you cannot make it illegal for me to see my siblings. You cannot make it illegal what for me to see my mother and my father. Like, oh, that's insane. I'm sorry to go political here, but that's crazy. But what would you do if you got fined? Like, thousands of dollars. I wouldn't pay it. Like, I 100% would not pay it. And legit, like, how many? But it gets thrown out in court because they it can't, because to. it goes against our civil rights it goes against our rights as human beings and so it gets um, thrown out it has it's a scare to. it's sca- it's a scare tactic and it's working mm-hmm. but it's i i would perfectly yeah, i would not be hit <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry to all you yeah. listeners out there who maybe think that i'm a bit wacky tobacky but yeah i just i wouldn't i couldn't mm-hmm. yeah i don't know so 
obviously we feel the way that we feel in relation to it, but I'm also like, there's a piece of it where I'm like, at what point do we go, is this actually working? We are a year later. We've done these tactics over and over. You've got one side versus the other side. And you've got us pinned against each other. Now we're at like the highest level of numbers ever. Is it because people are just like, screw it, and seeing each other? That's what they're trying to make us believe. Or is it a circumstance of like, regardless, this was going to happen. Regardless, we were going to be in this situation. Regardless, Mm -hmm. this variant, maybe this third variant or whatever the hell we're in right now. (laughs) Maybe regardless, this was going to be the worst one and it was going to play out in the way that it's going to play out. And so I'm like, there's a piece of it that's like, I don't know. I, I don't feel super hopeful that like, the efforts from our government are going to make a massive difference when I look at so many other places in the world where they haven't done that, they've wrote it out, and life's a-okay. Yeah, and they're, they're back to normal. We keep talking about getting back to normal, and if we get the vaccine, we'll get back to normal. Well, but that's not actually the case, this vaccine. It's going to take two years before we ever get back to normal. And by then, this virus may not even exist. But we, I think the whole propaganda behind it, the push, Mm -hmm. and I have said this to you, I feel like if we were in crisis, our government would not be pushing the fear, they would be calming us. The fear would already be there. Mm-hmm. Right. We'd have people dying left, right. And I know that there are people dying. I know that this is a real thing, but I also recognize that, you know, we've got people who are dying of many, many, many other things and nobody's even talking about it anymore because everything is just COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like moving forward as we're like navigating, coping, I just think the biggest piece is like, can we just interact with our neighbor with no judgment? Mm -hmm. You wear your mask. Cool. You don't wear it. That's also cool. Can you interact with like other people around you? Understanding that everybody's kind of coming at it from a different standpoint without judgment. I think there's so much division and I feel like that isn't productive for anybody, but I also feel like, everybody is like struggling and navigating through a world that they haven't ever had to for sure navigate. And I, I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. I see so much of the, like you view it this way and you view it this way. And therefore this is right. And then you view the people on the other side in this other way. For sure. And it's not to say one way is right or wrong. I just think, can we not just meet in the middle of, yes, we see this thing differently? For sure. And that's okay. But I also feel like everybody's struggling in whatever respect you're struggling in. And instead of being like, oh, your struggles shouldn't be struggles, we're all just struggling in different ways, you know? I totally agree with that. And I think that's what makes, when we become high-level thinking human beings like we are, right, we don't need people to agree with us for us to respect them, to love them, to continue friendship or relationship with them. I don't need you to be the same as me for us to get along. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I can completely disagree with every single thing you're saying, and I can still love you. I can still think, you know what? We can still be besties. We can still whatever, because I don't need you to be the same as me because who I am is not threatened by what you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because I think about how many like hot headed debates or conversations we've had where it's Ooh. like, Whoo! you're on that side, I'm on this side. And it's like, so many. You guys are going to get a taste of that eventually. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. But it's like, as that's happening, it's kind of like initially it was like, she doesn't feel the same as me. And like, there was times in those conversations where I felt I had to be like, I'm so sorry that I don't see it the way that you do. It's like what I was feeling and like probably expressing to you. But like, I think in, I don't know, I feel like, yeah. But it's because you're not threatened by what I feel, think, say, or do. And I think we need to get to that point where whatever you choose is what's best and right for you. Mm -hmm. And so own that, honor it, be good with it. But know that somebody next to you doesn't have to go through all of those same things. And that's okay. Their path is different than yours. It's not meant to be the same. And for it to be the same, for that to, for you to need it to be the same, to get along with that person or to choose to um, like them or approve of them or whatever, it's just, you're limiting yourself. You're limiting them. And it's just not, I don't know. That's what's creating the division. Totally. And I feel like too, there's a big piece of it where I think so often people are so afraid to say what they truly think or to say when they do say what they really think, if somebody isn't to agree with them, I think it's so easy to fall into the like, whew, they didn't agree with me. So therefore next time I won't say how I truly feel. And I think we just challenge people or invite people to step into that and also recognize that there are going to be some people that respond to that that are just like, ah, the way that you see things is ridiculous. So the way that you, for sure. Yeah. The way that you, and that's where I think I challenge our listeners, regardless of where you sit, if anything we say rubs up against you in the wrong way, continue to just press on and figure out more versus going, nope, forget it. These girls aren't for me because I think that's where the growth is. Mm -hmm. If we just choose people who are the same as us all the time, who don't rub up against us, who don't push our energy and push our buttons and make us think and talk and question and reflect, then we're just finding people who agree with us. Mm -hmm. Or if people are listening or like, yeah, whatever they say is gospel, whatever they say is Bible. It's like, okay, if you agree with us, cool beans, that's great. But also understand that it's okay to not see it our way. It's okay to not. Like, I mean, it's funny because there's, like, I know we're we're coming up on those mid-30 years, but there's so much of of me that thinks, like, in my mid-20s, I felt so, like, flippy floppy. So if you're listening to this and you might hear one point and you feel like, yeah, that totally resonates. And you're kind of like going on that bandwagon. I would just challenge you to sit in that. I don't, I don't know necessarily where I sit with that out. I don't know necessarily what feels right or wrong for me, but I think as we're moving forward with the, I don't know, space to sit alone with lockdowns, right? Like space to sit alone. I think it's such a great invitation as a collective or as a like, 
total, um, what would you call it, humanity? Or just to sit with of like, huh, get rid of all the noise. Who are you without all the noise? For sure. Who are you without all the concerts, events, yes, movie yeah. premieres, going to work in an um, office? Who are you without that? And I think that's the coolest, the coolest part about this entire lesson from the universe is mm-hmm. like, yes, it's been challenging our relationships. Yes, it, there's been so many things where I'm like, oh my god, this is so tricky. Yes, but yes. sitting in the like noise or sitting in the quiet without the noise, yes. I think has been so cool in that respect where it's like for sure who am I without that and I think we briefly touched on that this as well the compassion piece so if we can sit in that quiet with a sense of compassion all of the anger the fear the anxiety it drifts because when I think about so I I would do this when I'm driving when I would get like really frustrated when somebody would like pass me or they're like zooming past me or somebody's driving really slow in front of me. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Right. And flipping your mindset to what could this person be going through? I think of like somebody flying past me. I'm like, maybe his wife is like having a baby beside him. Maybe his kid just like smashed their face into something and they're like on their way to the hospital. And I'm sitting here cursing them being like, Whoa, don't you know the speed limit or somebody's driving really slow in front of me. And maybe it's some 80 year old taking her driver's test. I don't know. Like it could be anything. But when I flip into that place of when I flip from ego to be like, Oh, this doesn't work with me right now into what could this person be experiencing? Right. And I think that really helps with the whole COVID thing. When we get into that place of like, Oh, how could that person not wear a mask? Or, Oh, how could that person not get a vaccine? Or, Oh, how could this person think that they should travel when travels close or whatever. Right. Like I think of every single possible experience that that person could be having that goes to that nth degree. And all of a sudden compassion flows in, right? When we think of no single person in the whole planet right now should be traveling on an airplane. But I guarantee you, if I was having a baby and Cam was on, I don't know, a different side of the planet or in a different province or Montreal, he would do everything in his freaking power to get to where I was. And right, like, so when I think of that, when I think of just like a person trying to get on a plane, I'm like, oh, you know, what if they're bringing COVID, right? But when I go to that place of just like, they are a human being with something that is really important to them. Whatever it is, compassion flows in versus that anger, that division, that fear, that guilt, whatever it is. But I also feel like the other thing that comes forward for me when you're saying that, Ashley, is like, okay, so let's say, yeah, there's the baby thing. But let's say somebody is like just traveling from another spot And they have recommended that you do not travel because of Mm COVID-19. So they're going from X to Z for no, like to you, you'd be like, that is a no reason. You're just doing it just for business, for pleasure, whatever. I feel like it's like if somebody, to me, it's like if you want, I'm not saying these are the same things, but I'm just saying that like it's comparable. It's comparable to me in my brain. Of like, if somebody wants to put a needle of heroin into their arm, and that is their own prerogative of like doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is the same thing with the COVID-19. If they do that, they have to come home. They have to prove the COVID-19 
that they're not um, positive or they have to sit in their hotel or whatever the, I don't know, there's, there's weird stipulations, yes. right? Yes. If they want to do that, let them do that. I, I don't feel like See, there's I, any I judgment. Like that's an imp- imposing on their rights as well. I think if they choose to come home for whatever the reason is. But I mean, like, but that's, but you know, it is imposing on their rights and they, yes, it's not ideal if they have to go to the hotel, but if they need to do that or whatever, if they choose that and they do that, I just feel like, who are we to judge that person that that's what they're choosing? Okay. You want to go to China, come back. You're going to do the quarantine in the hotel. You're right. Not ideal. I wouldn't, I don't think that it's right that they have to do the hotel quarantine, but they're whatever. whatever. If they're choosing it and it's that important to them, then that's their choice is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like there's a piece of it when I'm, yeah. When I, when I sit back and I think about it from that perspective, I can see, yeah, I don't know. I can see it. That's important to them. Even though to you, you're like, Oh, the baby isn't being born. Right. right, for sure. But to whatever, to them, like even, I don't know, there's so many things. And I mean, I feel so much of a divide because I work so much with American competitors, American clients, where I'm like, holy shit, your world is so different. They're looking up at us like they're having football and baseball games mm-hmm. where there is like tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And clients who are like flying to Mexico, no problem. As long as they are like good to go. They're good to go. I'm like, they're looking at us like lockdown 3.0. What the hell is going on mm-hmm. in Ontario? Well, and when they, we've all heard this definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. I feel like that's we where we are at. We are doing the same thing for the third time. And it's actually getting worse. <laughs> it's, but we still keep sitting here thinking, hey, if I eat these potato chips on the couch again and again, you know, I'm going to drop 50 pounds. Nope. Nope. We're not doing the same thing over and over. And we'll, yeah, we want different results, but we're not getting them. So if we don't change the plan of action. I don't think we're going to see different results. And mm-hmm. that's the part that I think is the most defeating is mm-hmm. that we aren't, there is no, like you said, no end game. There's no, mm-hmm. a year in, our government still has no idea what the hell is they're happening two announce- weeks from now. Like you're supposed to, when, they, when they're supposed to make an announcement, it's like three hours late and then just like, huh? But yeah, I don't know. To circle it back and just to say like key action things of like what, is going to be in place in my world and your world. Maybe right. that's a, sure. a good way to kind of end this or to kind of see where we go from here, to for be sure. honest. But I don't know. I feel like for us, I think I had to have a pretty key conversation with my husband about taking the brunt of the past two times. I took the brunt of it. I was like, okay. So he's adjusted his work schedule, which will help. For us, I feel like the other key part of lockdown is, like, we love parks. Literally, the park was part of our, like, daily routine. We would go there at 4 o'clock every single day. I think we can still go there, but not stop, right? So I think we still go there, make it part of the routine. We bike there. We loop around. I still think being outside is so important. Mm -hmm. I understand the, like, stay-at-home order. I don't think being active in air with our children is going to make a 
big impact on COVID-19. So we will continue to do that because that feels really right for us. Mm-hmm. Workouts will be super interrupted. I will try my best. And I think in relation to business, I feel like a lot of people are going to understand it sucks because so many clients in the in Canada have their gyms closed. Mm-hmm. My U.S. counterparts, all of their gyms are open, so they will continue on the way that they have been. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just hoping for maybe some warmer weather pretty continuously so that outside and the vitamin D can, like, soak up in our souls. But I think that's going to be huge. The other thing that we really found super beneficial last time was We do do a meditation every day, but we don't do these like extended yoga meditations Mm -hmm. that we do occasionally. And we do find those pretty, I don't know, we find them pretty good to do as a family, but I feel like we have kind of got out of them. But I think if that was part of our post-work, post-school vibe could be helpful. Do you use um, Cosmo Kids yoga? Yeah. So cosmic kids yoga. So um, for any listeners out there going, well, what is this kids yoga? You just pop it into YouTube. Cosmic kids yoga. So good. And she's fantastic. She like, she does fish yoga. She does like Minecraft, Pokemon. She's fantastic. So So good. Looking for not just integrating your kids into your own yoga, but doing yoga that is kids oriented. It's fantastic. It's she and also does, what's the, so the meditation is called something, but she does like these specific ones that are just meditation that are called mind, I don't know, there's some sort of mind thing that she does. I forget what she calls it, but okay. she also has it in there where, I'll have to look it up what it's called, but yes, yeah, she does these specific episodes that are just like mind related and they're connected to meditation okay. where it will be more like positive affirmations like more those kind of things which would be super helpful so if you were to find that could we pop that in the comments for our listeners if they're Mm -hmm. interested that would be an easy link to kind of pop onto Mm -hmm. and the other thing we did in our first lockdown that we pulled out this time this yeah we pulled it we pulled it out this week because i was like oh we should revisit that and that was something i did last time based on the recommendation from um my oldest son's therapist was the, um, the different envelopes. So the envelopes were like body would be things to move your body. So inside of the envelope for body would be like a bunch of different pieces of paper that were all like body things. So it would be like yoga, meditation, um, workout, go for a walk, go for a bike ride. All of those things would be in body. But then there was also lots of other things. So we had three other envelopes. So the second envelope was all in relation to the mind. So the mind would be things that would stimulate your mind for the child. So it could be things like maybe doing math problems, maybe... Um, doing like a, a maze or a word find. Yeah, or, or yeah, learning about... Learning about anything that would stimulate your mind. And then there was the other two. One of them was art. So that would be things like paint a picture or like draw a picture. Anything that you could think of that would fall into the art category. And then the last thing was all in relation to like spirituality. So like the spirituality one also included community. So it had things like writing on your driveway. So like you could write positive mm-hmm. messages on your driveway or write things on um, like rocks could have to do with like spirituality in terms of like 
doing prayers or like even just saying like sitting in gratitude could be all those kind of things. But we had these four envelopes and then each day we would pick one piece of paper from each envelope and then make it as our thing to do throughout the day. So we pulled those out this week and Theodore's like, oh yeah, we should do those again, mom. I'm like, you're right, we should. It's been a while since we did those. It was almost That's a year. Great. So yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. So, oh wow. Okay, now you've got me thinking. What are we doing? Um, I think for me, it's um, a big piece is the school. And um, so having, we're very fortunate because Cam is also working from home. Um, but with business being what it is for me and having three kids under five, I feel like one of the online schooling is, it's a double-edged sword for us. So we're going to do it for two weeks and we're going to see where we land. We're hoping for the best. But I'm also willing to let that piece go. Part of it is because I know I can I can teach Felix what he needs to know for the remainder of the year, just based on my background. So that's, I know that I have that little benefit in my back pocket, but I also don't want to be his teacher, right? So that's another side of it. But I feel like what happens is if I'm sitting down to do online learning with Felix, the other two get plunked in front of the TV. So mm-hmm. now I have three kids in front of screens. I'm like, okay, so Felix and Coralie, you watch Paw Patrol and, you know, we're, I don't want to say I'm turning their brains to mush because that's not the case, but like you guys are going to not do play-based learning. And so that Felix can, you know, have a half an hour or 45 minutes of an uninterrupted mom time. And I feel like I'm constantly having to choose between Felix and my other two kids on who's getting what, right? Like, your, your playtime is actually going to be total, absolute crap so that I can help Felix. And he doesn't want to be there. It's a struggle. It's whatever, right? And it's like, oh, man, this is, what are we doing here? Because even when I do get onto the computer with him, I'm like, is this high-level learning? No. And it's not, and he has fantastic teachers. He has incredible teachers. But it's, they are meant to be in play-based learning settings. So the learning that they're doing is through YouTube videos that are sent to us, right? Like, and a million other like paper and pencil and videos and whatever, that's fine. But it's not, I feel like I'm to set Felix up for success for online schooling, just to like tick all these boxes. Nolan and Coralie get like this really, really short and shitty end of the stick. When I know that in both of those cases, I'm not sure any of them are benefiting, right? And so for me, one of the big things will be very gently giving myself permission to let that piece go. Mm -hmm. If we make it to May and it just becomes summer holidays, cool, cool. I will have to be okay with that. And we will do all the things that we need to do to continue learning throughout the summer, continue reading, continue math, whatever, but not doing it in that regimented online learning way that the government is pushing at us. So how, yeah, I was going to say, how would that affect your business? Or no, it won't affect your business. Um, it affects business in that three kids at home versus two kids at home adds a different dynamic. So it, just for Cam, when I'm up at the bunkie, when I have clients, two is pretty manageable. Three adds just a different element of, honestly, it's just like fights Mm -hmm. of like 
Felix and Nolan at each other's throat, Nolan and Coralie at each other's throats. And it's just three seems to be a number where one person seems to kind of just be left out or one Nolan's kind of working through some, some speaking issues. So he's trying to communicate something, but sometimes it comes out behaviorally. So it's really difficult in that we're both trying to parent, but also do I'm trying to run a business and he's trying to work from home. And I feel like when I'm working and he's working, our kids are just hopefully playing and we parent when somebody screams and I'm like, that's not awesome. Like it feels really crappy to me that that's, they aren't getting the best of either of us all day long. And that's the part that I struggle with the most. And then you throw in online learning and I feel like that's just like, you're getting even less from us. You're getting like frustration. You're getting like, yeah, use it over here. Quiet. No, Felix is on a call. Dad's on a call. Okay. Right. Like it's this chaos of just nobody is feeling good. And so I think for me this time around, my focus is on feeling, feeling good, feeling calm. And so when I recognize that my kid is in a state of panic, a state of anxiety, a state of stress, and don't get me wrong, I believe in resiliency. I believe in commitment. I believe that, you know, you do got to get your work done and all of that. But I don't believe that this is setting our kids up for success at all. And so when I start to detect in my house that things are falling apart and we are still going to just struggle bus right on through to get on to the next call, to sit down and watch the 10th Paw Patrol episode in a row, just so Felix can kind of keep chugging along and Felix or Nolan, your speech therapy is going out the window and all your vision therapy. Well, it'll have to wait because Felix has to No, we are not doing that. We are leaning into feeling when it feels calm. And I actually said this to Felix yesterday. I said, buddy, I think we're in flow right now. He's like, what is flow? And I said to him, I said, look what's happening. I said, the TV's off. We've got music on. And everybody is happy and calm. And you guys aren't fighting. Everybody's just playing nicely. You're building a fort. I said, this is flow. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, it's really nice. And so we are shooting for flow Mm -hmm. where it's just cohesive versus chaos. And so... I hope for the listeners out there who are also finding themselves in this state of panic, this state of chaos of how the hell am I going to fucking do this again when it feels tension, when it feels too much, when it feels chaos, let go a little bit and lean into what do I need to do to get the feeling in my house back to where I want it or closer to where I want it to be. And I think so often, regardless of the age of the child, I think it's like stepping into like how they're feeling, having those conversations. I know this is a very like bizarre sort of concept, but one thing we started when we started the like brain growing and mindset stuff is starting these family meetings. And so originally my family was like, family meetings every week we do not need a family meeting every week and I was like I don't we do not need them to be like super structured we don't need them to be super like to the t like 
happens every Thursday and then we do this. I'm like, I am totally game that just that one time throughout the week, just like high-low buffalo every day. We do the high-low buffalo every day, high of the day, low of the day, buffalo is a random thing. But this family meeting is very, my children are young, so it's super casual, but it's like, just like, this is not working, mom. I was like, okay, this thing from the week is not working. Cool. I appreciate your thoughts, even though you're a five-year-old. And I feel like those like family meetings are, I mean, over time, I think it just makes your family in general just be like, I don't know, it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like your the family is based on the family versus being like the parents and their careers, the kids and their like athletic careers. It's kind of like everybody collectively, right? And how you're all going to like come together. And I feel like so often in those settings, what comes forward is like, my husband will say something. I'm like, oh, that's how you felt about the week. Oh, that's so interesting. And then my, my son will say the same thing of like something. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting that you feel that way. Because if we didn't have that, I don't think I don't think either of them would say the like actually their self reflection on the week. I think everybody would just keep on plugging forward, this and I would probably is. I would probably do the same. I'd probably keep you plugging on forward. So I also kind of challenge people. It doesn't need to be a super structured like family meeting, but like this casual meeting we have like once a week has been super helpful of us. Of like, hey, how's the week going? Like. How are you feeling? What's going on? And, like, I feel like as people are starting to, like, in our families, like, obviously the boys aren't old, but I feel like as we're talking about it, it's, like, these interesting revelations come forward. So, I don't know. I think that would be the other key piece to challenge people to do of, like, if you're to sit down as a family in a super casual, not formal meeting setting, (laughs) just be like, hey, how's your week going? Uh, I don't know. I love that. We're going to start doing that. It reminds me. So this is a bizarre memory, but it was grade eight. We started having like class meetings. And originally at first it was like, oh my God, are we seriously doing this? But after like month two, we did them once a month. Everybody was like keen. We couldn't wait for like the class meeting because that was your chance. Everybody was the same. Everybody had a voice. Everybody, it just, you could say what you needed to say. And it was just, an open floor versus just kind of, yeah, chugging along. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's what COVID is. It was like, we forget that everybody is just kind of chugging along with it. And I'm like, I knew so often, even when have the revelations come forward, I'm like, Oh my God. I don't know. There's so many times when like the revelations that my brain goes to, I'm like, ah, I would have never thought you were feeling that. I would have never thought like, for sure. That was going through your brain. For sure. And so I think as it's happening, I don't know. I'm sure that that could be helpful for, helpful for people. I would say the other thing is, like, can you as a family, and I mean, like, not everybody listening maybe has a family in that setting, but can you as a family figure out one thing that, like, really brings everybody up? And for us, it's music and the dancing, and we just blast it we dance That's and we awesome. shake it we just like, get that all that energy out and I feel like if you can find that one thing that regardless if you prioritize it every day it helps relieve all the other crap from the day where you're like oh for sure mm-hmm. and even just like we we don't dance it out sometimes we do but not like as a structured ritual um our big thing and it came out um one of the ladies in my manifesting course 
mentioned this and I loved it. It's very similar to your high, low buffalo, Mm -hmm. but it's at mealtime, supper time. What is one thing you're grateful for? And I was like, oh yeah, we'll do that. And so we started it and it kind of, I kept kind of forgetting it. My son, Felix is like, what are you grateful for? Like he, it became, it's now this thing. And even Nolan, who's three is like, he's, he's leading it now. And so even if you pick something so small as before meals, just saying one thing you're grateful for. I mean, Nolan, the other day, yesterday was his water bottle, right? Like totally. that's fantastic, right? But it doesn't have, it takes, it puts a lightness on something that can feel so heavy, heavy. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Cause I, with the kids, I feel like it's so funny that your kids are reminding you of that. But I also feel like as we're doing the high, low Buffalo, it's like, there's so many times where my son will go like, mom, what was my low of the day again? I'm like, oh, did you not have a low? Yeah. I can't think of any lows today. I'm like, you are crushing life. You are crushing life, but also just like, okay, here are some times when you felt sad today. Oh yeah, that's my low. But like, he almost needs that reminder. And I was like, it's so nice as we're doing that and going through that. The I don't know. It's a something he looks forward to, but also be this like okay, remind me of that of maybe some lows, which are I think it's good for kids to see both emotions. But yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, anyways, I feel like yeah, we're coming up on the hour. We love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We will see you next Thursday, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we're gonna sign off here tonight. Now, sounds good. See you guys next week.